live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. All right, now what has happened is that uh, with Georgia getting beat, the Tide is like getting beat, so that puts Alabama. Penn State more than likely is going to go to the Sugar Bowl to play Alabama. Now what it does to us, it does this. The Orange Bowl is meeting right now in an executive meeting. They're considering, I don't know, the possibility of taking us or probably more likely to ask us to come play Nebraska again in Orange Bowl. Oh, yeah, you can tell they wanted that football game. Awesome stuff. And, man, what a pleasure. Joined by now by uh, a guy that everyone knows. If if you know college football, you know this guy. Some of the older fans know him as the best linebacker to ever play the sport. The younger fans know him as the sheriff of Fansville. <laughs> and I don't know what one has uh, brought you more attention. We got Brian Bosworth on the Boz. What's up, man? Hey, Teddy. How you guys doing? Oh, doing fantastic. We're just uh, we're gearing up for this game. OU Nebraska, we did it last year. Don't get to see it as much as we used to, but, man, this one gets everyone excited. I'm, I know you're feeling the same way. Well, it was such an awesome rivalry back in, you know, the heyday, um, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, all the 90s. Until they left to go to the Big Ten, it was, you know, a very, very important game. Sometimes it, uh, it you know, back in the Big Eight days, it you know, determined who was going to be the Big Eight champion basically every year and who got an invitation to the Orange Bowl and got a chance to play for national championship. And, you know, that that uh, continued when uh, the Big 8 went to the Big 12. You know, Nebraska was still a fairly dominant team. They weren't as dominant as they were in the 80s and 90s, um, but they still had uh, tremendous success. And since they've gotten into the Big 10, they have fallen on some hard times. But, you know, obviously you cannot take uh, Nebraska – um, light, lightly, uh, especially given they're 0-2, just fired the head coach. They're going to be hungry. The fans are going to come out rabid. Uh, and anytime you get the crimson and cream and the big red clashing helmets, uh, there's going to be some, some major collisions on that field. So there's going to be a lot of pride and, and passion on both sides of the ball on Saturday. I believe you're making the trip to Lincoln on Saturday. I'm curious, how many times – if any, have you made the trip to Lincoln since your playing days at OU, and how have Nebraska fans treated you over the years? Um, I have not been back to Nebraska since um, the 86 season when we beat them um, on that last second field goal by Tim Lasher, that marvelous catch by Keith Jackson. Um, uh, you know, the fans have been you know, always incredible. When you talked about the, the fans, Bill, um, you know, thing with Dr. Pepper. You know, you think about uh, classic teams and Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, um, the Cornhuskers, they fit right into that Fansville, famous little town uh, that they're just so passionate about the identity of the Cornhuskers. And they just, they want, they want them to be great again. And I don't think it's going to be too far down the future that they'll be great again. You know, if you look back in the last, I don't know, 12, 15, 18 games, they've been in every single game. It's come down to a one-score game. And, you know, Teddy, you know this better than any. 
these games uh, in college football, they come down to two, three, four plays a game, uh, and it's just a matter of whether you're the ones uh, on the recipient side of uh, the good the good luck or uh, the one that uh, is on the bad side of a bad bad bounce. So you got to play 60 minutes, you know, in college football to determine out, the outcome of these games now. Now, I, I, I want to get some of your opinions on, on Nebraska now and what you think of this game and what you think of Brent Venables coming back as, as head coach. But first, uh, I wanted to ask you about, you know, your experience in this game. What, what's you got any favorite moments, anything that stands out about this matchup? And, you know, a lot of times it's there's these famous plays, but it's maybe it's something that happened under the stadium walking out before warm-ups or, you know, some of these inside details that, that you never see on television. Is anything like that ever happened that sticks out to you? You know, each game that we played back uh, in the 80s when I was playing, in, in 84, they were number one. I think we were number three. There was no shot that anybody was giving us a chance to win that game. Um, and we were you know, relatively young football team. And we went into Lincoln, Nebraska, had a goal line stand. Um, Nebraska was dominating everybody back in the 80s. I mean, if you had Nebraska on their schedule, you know, the opponents just said, well, we're going to lose that one. Let's just get out with, you know, our limbs intact. And uh, it was it was a it was a physical game i mean you and you need a couple of weeks to recover from you know playing nebraska and 84 was that kind of game um 85 we were very fortunate and that we dominated them and you know should have been 27 to nothing but uh, ended up being 27 to 7 i don't think we'd ever um you know had an opportunity to, to shut out nebraska and dominate them the way we did that day but um, that was a very special game but i think the third game that we played back in lincoln in 86 when when um when we were down, you know, and, you know, the guys, we had some younger kids on the sideline that, uh, you know, maybe not had got a lot of playing time. And, and uh, it was in the fourth quarter. And I remember coming off the sideline and, and, uh, and some of those younger kids were going, well, you know, we've been to the Orange Bowl before. You know, let's, it'll be fun to go to the Sugar Bowl. I said, forget that. That's not happening. That's not who we are. We don't fold the tents here in, you know, in Sooner Nation. So, um, it it just it's it sparked uh, a little bit of of anger in me. Not that I didn't lack any on that particular day, but you know, you play Nebraska, you're going to get their best, and you know when when they play us, they're going to get our best. And I remember coming out of a uh, TV timeout, and Coach Switzer came over to me just before the defense went went back on the field and said, "Boz, I need that ball. We got to have that ball if we're going to win this game." And I went out there and I yanked one of the uh, fumbles that we got, and we had two of them in that fourth quarter, and I yanked both of them out. And it, you know, not to toot my own horn, but we we need leaders. You need leaders that the coaches can count on. They can go to guys that uh, when big plays need to be made, um, they can go to those guys and say, "Hey, I don't I don't know what you got left in, inside your tank, but scrape the bottom of it and 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 floor it uh, because uh, I'm going to need everything you got in this series." And and I think that was one of the you know instrumental moments that I had there in, in, in Oklahoma because we were down and we had guys on the, on the sideline that, that did not believe in Sooner Magic. And, man, it, 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 it's real. It's just you've got to go out and create it. And uh, when you have doubts, it's, it's, it makes it really difficult for Sooner Magic to happen. So uh, that was probably my favorite moment out of that series because we had 
to come back and, and figure out a way to win a game that we were down in somebody else's backyard. Two-time Buckus Award winner Brian Bosworth is our guest. Interesting circumstance this Saturday. Nebraska's got an interim head coach, Mickey Joseph. In your opinion, does this change the dynamic of the game at all, seeing that this is Mickey Joseph's first game as the interim head coach? Yeah, you know, obviously, if you don't go into um, into this game as an Oklahoma Sooner with a little bit of anxiety, then you're not prepared to play this game. Um, you get a team with a back against the wall that's played well. I mean, their offense has played well. They put points on the board. They just had some misfortune, in the, you know, against North, North, Northwestern that was the tail two halves. Nebraska looked really good that second half, and they came in the first half, and they came out in the second half. Uh, they just looked flat. They were missing easy, you know, throws and catches, and and making some mental mistakes, and they let the game get ahead or get away from them, you know. But Northwestern's a smart club. I mean, you're, you're not necessarily going to go in there and beat a Northwestern to death. It's just a it's a, a war of attrition. Who's going to make the least amount of mistakes? And and Nebraska made too many mistakes last week. You know, they had they had the game in hand, and the defense couldn't put uh, you know the opponent away. Um, and that's what I was saying. You know, you, these games come down, especially in today's college football games, you got to play 60 minutes. So you got a team that's, that's starving for a win. And they see a, a top 10, number six, Oklahoma come in. You talk about being able to turn a season around in four quarters. That can happen for Nebraska if they come out and they are focused. And Oklahoma is not or if Oklahoma is not sharp in every phase of the game, it's going to take all three phases of the game. So it's a little more fearful um, with the, the shakeup there in Nebraska because those, those young men are going to rally behind this new head coach, and they're going to prove that they have passion, they have power, they have pride, and they're going to put it on the field for their fans to watch. And there's no doubt that, the staff at OU is is preparing their team for that exactly that. And uh, what what have you what have you thought so far through two games? Uh, we got the new regime in Brent Venables. I know I know you know Coach Venables really well. Uh, have known him for a long time. What's your impression of his his football team this year? Man, I loved him back when he was coaching you guys in the early two thousand. It broke my heart that he left. Um, I watched him continue success there in Clemson and put Clemson on the map. And you know better than any, Teddy, that, that you got to have a dominant defense to win championships and to stay in games because sometimes the offense just doesn't click on a, on a Saturday. But if the defense is forever consistent, um, you've got a chance to win the games. And, and what Brent has done has brought in a completely different culture. You can feel it. You can see it. You understand it from, from just a, a witness from the – from the outside looking in, um, these young men are emotional. They're prideful. They love um, Coach Venables and what he's brought in, the things that have been lacking um, that wasn't there with the previous regime. It, it does. It really does show on the football. Now, given we've only had two games, and I think they're still trying to find an identity, but um, I think they have uh, really found a fantastic coach in Coach Venables to lead Oklahoma back to where um, they have been in recent past. And, um, you know, you couldn't ask for a better coach to take the helm uh, and change the direction and uh, narrative of Oklahoma football. I want to ask you about one guy in particular. I I believe you were at the game last weekend. Um, How closely did you watch Danny Stutzman? You know good linebacker play. 
And are you impressed with what you saw from him last Saturday and maybe even up to these first two games of the season? Well, I wasn't at the game last week. I was at the Texas-Alabama game last week. Um, but I was at, at the very first game against UTEP, and I'll be up next week for the Kansas State game. Uh, but I have watched closely um, Stutzman, uh, you know, just the way he has developed since he's been there. And the thing that I, I really was impressed with, uh, and Teddy, you know this, when you have at East-West, but when they are invading an offensive backfield and they are stressing the offensive tackles and they are, they are making the quarterback uh, feel the presence of bodies in his pocket, um, and then they are game tackling. They are swarming. I have not seen that in, a, in an Oklahoma football team since Brent Grenville's was the defensive coordinator back in the early 2000s. And it just, it just makes me giggle because I just love it. I mean, I, it, I'm a defensive guy. I, I think you control the line of scrimmage. You control the ball. You control field position. You control everything with three and outs. Um, so I really love the direction that we're going, and I think the offense is going to continue to, you know, strive, and they're going to find themselves. Um, you know, the offensive line needs to gel up. The, we need a leader to stand up in the backfield and, you know, just take, take charge. Uh, we got a great wide receiver in, uh, in Mems, and, and uh, uh, D- uh, Dylan Gabriel is, is finding connection with him, and that's just going to take uh, rhythm and time. So, uh I anticipate they're going to continue to do that, but they'll be stressed this Saturday, you know, playing in you know somebody else's backyard to be the first time on the road for these for these guys and for the staff. And it is a loud stadium. I mean, that's one of the loudest stadiums in college football. It's intimidating to play there. I don't care if Nebraska's zero and two; it doesn't matter. It just means it just means they're going to be starving for a win, and we got to go in there and be be, be prepared to fight for four quarters. I was laughing a minute ago. You're at the uh, Alabama-Texas game. Do you have to wear a disguise <laughs> down there uh, in Austin? Oh, how, how'd you get away with that? I have never been in that stadium. And I was a little, you know, you know the funny thing about uh, the past, it's in the past. And what's in the present is what we, you know, currently, um, uh, you know, live. And so uh, I have not had any any weird or, uncomfortable exchanges with any of the University of Texas fans or, um, you know, I know some of the staff, uh, you know, and back in the day, you know, I absolutely hated the University of Texas. That was my arch rival, you know, from high school all the way through college. And you got to have that, you know, on defense. You got to have somebody to absolutely despise. And uh, uh, Texas was one of those teams that I just absolutely despised. But Nebraska, on the other hand, was one of those teams I absolutely respected because I knew that getting the shot in the mouth is going to happen for four quarters and you got to be prepared for it. And it's going to be a good, clean shot in the mouth, but you, you better be able, be able to bring your own shots in the mouth so that, uh, um, that you can answer the call. And uh, it, was, it was fun to watch last week's game because I got a chance to see Texas early and see how they've changed and how they've adopted uh, you know, with the, the new quarterback. And it's unfortunate that the quarterback went down in the second quarter because I believe had he stayed in the second half, Texas beats Alabama because they dominated pretty much the four, for four quarters up until the middle of the fourth quarter. Hard to uh, hard to uh, argue against that. Hey, Brian, uh, thank you so much for your time and safe travels up to Lincoln. 
Thanks again. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. There you go. All right, we'll see you later. Awesome stuff. Oh, love having the balls on. And good breakdown, you know. I think good breakdown of the team, of, of kind of the mindset.